You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wisdom.com Test Cricket with Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon at the end of day two at Dubai International Cricket Stadium. For Specsavers, the test experts and Proatar, the new coaching app that connects you with the biggest names in cricket. Jeff, it was much the same on day two as it was on day one in as far as Australia were driven into the dirt for a couple of sessions before keeping their composure, bouncing back in the final session and having something to go to stumps with that they feel they can build on tomorrow. Maybe Australia should just do what Sri Lanka did in the West Indies and just refuse to come out for the first two sessions of the day. (laughs) Come out for the third. Everything seemed to go quite well uh, around the tea break. Uh, Today it was just before the tea break when the tide started to turn. But yeah, both days we've seen a massive partnership. The first day, 205, that opening partnership. The second day, 150 between Assad Shafiq and Harris Sahail. It was tough going watching that first session. 19 runs in the first hour, and it wasn't many more by the time we reached the lunch break uh, when the two established batsmen, Sohail, uh, who went on to make his first 100 in Test cricket, and Asad Shafiq, who made a fine 80, just uh, neutered the Australian plan of boring them out. Because I think conditional upon in order for that to work, someone needs to lose their head. And neither of them looked like losing their head at any stage in that first session. And that continued deep into the second session as well. Well, exactly. And, and it was still a contest. I don't really understand it when I, I saw a few people complaining about, oh, this is slow and, and boring and blah, blah, test cricket's not doing itself justice or whatever it is. If you only get 19 runs in an hour, you appreciate every one of those 19 runs. You remember them individually. You have <laughs> nicknames for them. You know, It brings you a closer relationship with the game. But, but it was a contest because the Australians were trying a tactic and the Pakistanis were absorbing it. And that batting pair absorbed it for a good hour or so. Then they started to get on top and go after the spinners. Suddenly they'd scored 40 in 10 overs uh, and the game was rattling along. And then after lunch, the new ball gets taken. The Australian bowlers start to look more dangerous. Nathan Lyon starts getting bounce and skid. Mitchell Stark's bowling quick and and the Pakistani pair resist that as well. They get through that period and then prosper again. It was a real sort of ebb and flow. And in terms of the contest, it was enthralling. Yeah, at least initially it felt like it almost suited both sides. On the call, we were talking about 
how Pakistan have done this quite a bit in Dubai. They've let the test run as deep as possible, batted slow, batted long. And for Australia's part, we've heard Tim Payne say repeatedly it was about being as patient as possible and waiting until the game speeds up at the death. And they're still vaguely in that position. The fact that they've reached stumps 30 for no loss, granted, they're more than 450 runs behind, 452 to be precise, after Pakistan were bowled out for 482 with about 45 minutes to go on day two. But it, it isn't as though we feel as though Australia are necessarily gone, as you might do if you just looked at the scorecard in isolation. Well, exactly so. And you've seen Australian teams in Asia get uh, rattled through for 150 or 200 plenty of times before, and that could happen on day three, and in which case it'll suddenly be a very lopsided test. But they've got good batting conditions out there. They're, they're facing a, a tougher task in terms of spinners because Pakistan have Yasir Shah, who just bowls like a god here, despite not very helpful conditions, really. Uh, but... If they're able to bat through a day, if they're able to put a good score together and, and bat long as they emphasised in the warm-ups and mm. all the rest of it and, and bat into the fourth day, they could be looking at parity and they could, well, at least in the first instance, be looking at trying to draw the test and make sure that having been dominated in the first two days didn't cost them the test and they'd still be a chance in the series going into the second. Or uh, you never know how things turn out. As you said, they move fast at the end of these games. You can be in a position to win suddenly on day five where a draw looked inevitable. The good news story of today was Harris Sohail. He, he batted stoically at, towards stumps last night as wickets fell around him. He did likewise this morning, as we mentioned in that first hour. He flourished after that. His first test t- um, unfortunately, we weren't able to talk to him on wisdom.com after play because he doesn't speak English. He speaks Urdu, and English is by far not his first language, as he said himself. But we did get a chance, or Jeff, you did have a chance to speak to Asad Shafiq, who made 80, and what a lovely innings it was. Here's the conversation that Jeff Lemon had with Asad Shafiq at Stumps. Asad Shafiq, welcome to wisdom.com. You made 80 today. Uh, last time you played Australia here, you made 89. And in between in Brisbane, that century that you made there, uh, you must enjoy playing against Australia. Yes, uh, we know that uh, they are the very tough opponent and uh, I always enjoy hard cricket and uh, I always wanted to per- perform against Australia because uh, because they, they have a very strong side and 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 the tradition of the australia cricket is very rich so uh, performance against australia is uh, is uh, like uh, it's a dream to every player you faced a lot of mitchell stark in brisbane and then also here was uh, what was the difference in facing him in those two different places well the difference was a wicket uh, in in brisbane the ball uh, the fast bowler wicket helps the fast bowler here, wicket uh, helps spin bowling. It's it's a bit slow. It's difficult for fast bowler to ball on this wicket. Uh, so so it's a difference of pace uh, about here and Brisbane. So you and Harris Sohail put on a partnership of 150. Very patient. You, you were willing to wait and and score slowly if you needed to. Was, was that your strategy? Yes, that that, that was because uh, when I came to bat, the ball was not uh, coming to 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 the bat because. Uh, it was like uh, 80 overs old, 80 or 90 over, 70 overs old, uh, and and fast bowlers' ball is not coming to the bat. Uh, so our strategy was to attack spin, and uh, and and on fast bowling we we have to be patient. You obviously very disappointed to to be out for 80 to the leg spinner, but then you got to see your partner make a century as well, his first Test century, which must have made you feel better. It's incredible inning. He played. Uh, some outstanding shots and and credit goes to him his hard work has paid off and um, and it was a wonderful to watch and what did you make of the australian batting at the end of the day uh, in terms of what that might um, bring for tomorrow 
Well, uh, our plan was to take one or two wickets, uh, but uh, the, uh, both the openers uh, played really well to see of the day. Uh, but uh, you know, our strength is spin bowling, and uh, and they will come tomorrow and try to take early wickets as possible. Because of the night watchman, you you batted at number six again, uh, and so you've nearly broken Steve Waugh's record. He has the most runs at number six. You need two hundred more runs at number six, and then you have the most runs ever at number six. So can you move back down the order to six and make sure you break that record? Uh, no, that that was a team's strategy. When uh, I came into the Pakistan cricket team first, I never batted at at number six. Uh, uh, then uh, now team team wants me to bat at five. Uh, so I will bat at five. Uh, like, uh, um, uh, un- unfortunately, I batted at six in this inning, but I will bat at five in next one. Okay, I just want to see you break that record. So just yeah. a few more innings at six, if you can. Come on. I cannot ask uh, team management about that. <laughs> you, you, you can ask him. Okay, I'll send them an email. <laughs> Asad Shafiq, beautifully played today. Thank you so much for speaking to Wisdom.com. For the Australians' part, another quirky one. In a test match where we've seen a few unconventional things occur, the fact that Marnus Labashain has taken a wicket and executed a run-out in test cricket before making a run, despite being picked the top six batsman, uh, I don't think that would have happened many times. And the fact that Aaron Finch did likewise. He executed a run-out before he made a run in test cricket. That's one for the statisticians, whether that's happened with two players in, in the in, same In game. indoor cricket, where does that leave their scores? <laughs> that's right. They're, they're well ahead, put it this way. Um, but let's deal with Labashain. Labashain. I'm going to keep stumbling over it all test matches, my prerogative. Uh, Labashain um, came on and bowled with real zest. That top spinner of his that picked up Sahail, admittedly, um, he, he had a, a, well over 100 at the time, but uh, gee, they celebrated that like they'd won an Olympic gold medal. Oh, uh, it was a lovely moment. He certainly did. He leapt into Tim Payne's arms. It was beautiful, like they were running towards each other across a meadow after <laughs> he's just come back from the war. <laughs> the Boer War, maybe, I suppose, the South African <laughs> yeah, heritage. Right. He, was after, he was actually asked after play what it was like representing um, the country representing Australia, not the country he was born in, and he responded in the most, you know, quintessentially droll Australian accent. Nah, I love it. Love representing Australia. He's definitely picked up our accent. Nothing, <laughs> there's, no, there's no question about where his loyalty's lie. Well, I tell you what, the only thing I'm disappointed about is that when he was sending down his leg breaks and Tim Payne was gloving them behind the stumps, at no point did the Australian captain, in a position of leadership, say, Bowling, Labashain. <laughs> Who knows, Jeff? Maybe, maybe you're going to start a thing. Maybe it will be bowling, Labashain before too long. You also spoke to the man who took his first test wicket today at Stumps. Manus Labashain, welcome to Wisdom.com. Uh, what a day you've had. You didn't necessarily think you'd be taking wickets before you got a chance to bat in test cricket. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, but obviously it was very exciting uh, for us today. We played really well. We hung in there and, um, you know, great to... We got two run-outs and... Um, so, you know, just those small things on longer days um, is key for us to sort of keep moving forward. Very modestly, one of those runouts was yours and a terrific bit of fielding as well. Uh, you were just bouncing around the field with your bowling and uh, taking that ball and getting it back to Tim Payne in time to break the stumps. Yeah, look, you know, my role out there is just to make sure we're all up and, um, you know, keep the buzz up on long days like that. It, it can be tough, you know, the bowls are running in hard and the spinners are bowling really well, so... Um, it's just about trying to keep the boys up and make sure when we get that little half chance we can take it. And, you know, Aaron Finch, you know, showed that today. You know, that little half chance probably changed, you know, probably 30, 40 runs potentially saved there. So that was, um, that was great from him. 
In terms of keeping the energy up, you didn't even go off for the tea break. You took a wicket and then you're back out there bowling through the tea break. You're an absolute lunatic. It's 40 degrees. No, well, to be, to be honest with you, the reason I was bowling is because I got warned for running on the wicket. So I was um, the guy, I got the David Saker to stand there and to watch where my foot was landing because I, I had a few sort of pre-warnings before that and then... Um, a few then, casual warnings. Yeah, casual warnings. And then I got an official warning. And I was like, well, I better deal with Like, I can't. So you might have seen, but I did start running coming from wider of the crease just to try and negate that um, at the time. So that's why I was out there bowling. It looked like you were landing and then wanting to be in position to field the ball, to be that extra fielder. And that's why your foot was going in the danger area. Yeah, spot on, spot on. Because um, my run-up is quite quick uh, at times when I'm, I need to kind of stop myself to get ready for the catch because at times the ball... I think there was a catcher that went past and before I could even set for the catch, the ball was past me. So, um, yeah, that was definitely something we need to, to make sure we get right so I get out of that danger zone. So a very long, hot day in the field. Was it, What was the talk among the batsmen about how to approach that last little difficult bit that Osman and Aaron Finch were able to bat through so well? Oh, mate, those two are class players uh, in their own right. So um, they definitely knew how to deal with that situation and I think they showed that out there. Um, it's just about... You know, being calm out there and just making sure we get through that tricky uh, little tricky number. But you know, they look like they did it with ease. And you, uh, you'll get your shot tomorrow or maybe the next day, depending how they go. But uh, it looks like a pretty decent surface to have your first uh, bat in Test cricket on. Yeah, look, um, the wicket, the wicket's in pretty good shape. It's not deteriorating too much. So if we can put a really good batting forms together and um, see what happens. Very exciting for you. You brought a lot of energy to the game today. Great to watch and congratulations. Thank you very much. So Australia did have the uh, tricky little session, as they say, before Stumps to get through. The new opening partnership of Usman Khawaja and Aaron Finch, they got there. Uh, Aaron Finch nearly didn't get there. He looks very good with the exception of one shot just before the close that uh, nearly brought his downfall. Two shots. Two shots, yes. But one in particular, (laughs) when he tried to take on Yassir Shah, I think it was in the second or third last over before Stumps, tried to go right back over his head, nearly landed in the hands of mid-off. Thankfully for him, he's still there overnight. Uh, Usman Khawaja, though, Jeff, he looked really good. And we talked about it on the call. It was as much as anything about getting outside the line of the ball. He was exposing his Stumps, and that seemed to be how he was accessing the ball, getting his pads out the way. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the solution after having so much trouble in the subcontinent over the years. Yeah, it was an interesting one in, in terms of... Uh technically how he was looking to handle that ball stepping outside the line of leg and then sort of reaching across not not markedly not way outside the line of his body but just a little bit as if to give himself some more space and you know if there were a turn on the ball it would beat the stumps but uh, like he was just watching it off the pitch almost more than out of the hand to try to stab it away so it would be interesting to speak to him at some point about uh, his approach and what he's trying to do there technically but uh, it looked curious. Maybe he'll walk off tomorrow with a century and you'll talk to him after play on wisdom.com test match cricket. Uh, that has been day two. Can Australia tomorrow find a way to really get themselves back into this test match when the batting conditions are still supreme? We will see. Uh, Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon for Specsavers, the test experts and ProAtar, the new coaching app that connects you with the biggest names in cricket. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Podcast Network.